You're listening to the Volwalk Sports Talk Show, presented by Rocky Top Sports Nation. What's up, Ball Nation? Welcome back to another week of the Ball Walk Sports Talk podcast presented by Rocky Top Sports Nation. Uh, we are back after a uh, bye week on our end. Um, had some family things going on with a few of us, uh, some some different incidents and some, some family members that passed away. Uh, so uh, we just decided to take the week off and uh, get our minds back on track, take care of our families and uh, get ready for Florida Hate Week. We appreciate all the people reaching out to us, um, keeping us in their thoughts and prayers. We we definitely appreciate that uh, from Vol Nation. Uh, so we're gonna get right into it. Uh, we got two games to recap uh, that Tennessee has played. I think we picked a good week last week to kind of stay away um, from the pit game. You know there were some positives. Um, the way the team kind of battled back there, got an early lead on a on a blocked punt. Um, got a field goal, went up 10-7, 10-nothing. Um, and, uh, you know, then being down by, you know, two touchdowns in the second half, kind of battled back, had a chance to win late. Um, obviously, Joe Milton went down with an injury. Uh, Jabari Small went down right before the half uh, with an injury. Tyon Evans did not play. Um, so there were injuries involved um, all in all. Um Ball's made too many penalties, uh, too many mistakes, just some undisciplined football uh, that led to Pitt taking advantage of those downfalls, getting inside the the five-yard line first and goal and having to kick a a deep field goal, uh, not something you want there. And then um, they bounce back this week, obviously with a lesser opponent, but they cover. Uh, The defense steps up, holds Tennessee Tech to uh, no points. And uh, Tennessee puts up a nice 56 uh, points on there, um, as Coach Duggs would say, a 50-burger. Um, so uh, not much to take away from that game in my mind other than the way the defense played and the way that you know the deep ball can work if we hit it, like we saw with Javante Payton. Uh, and getting Bayless Jones the ball is, is, is crucial, super important. Um, but we're going to have to play better this week against Florida uh, than we've played all year. Uh, to even stay in this game. So what are some positives, some negatives, things that you are taking away from uh, these past two weeks uh, that may give you hope going into Florida week or may completely derail the season for us? So what do you guys have? Well, I mean, there's positives and negatives and everything. Um, A big negative and something that, like, has really bugged me – we saw how quickly Pitt got into the backfield and disrupted our quarterbacks. Our offensive line has got to be better. I know that there were injuries, and I know that there still probably are injuries. Hypel does not update us on that for whatever reason. I guess he likes to play it kind of close to the best, but they've got to step up. They've got to block their guys better, and they've got to be able to pick up the blitzes better. It's not going to be pretty whenever they get into SEC play if they don't do a better job with that overall. Um, But one really, really, really big positive, I will say, uh, our defense looks awesome. Theo Jackson is a monster, and I can't wait to see him get into SEC play because I feel like he's going to take it to an even bigger level. He's a man on a mission this year, and it's been really, really great watching his development. So two things from the pit game um, that kind of escaped my mind since since that game. It feels like it was forever ago. So much has happened. Um, but the really the penalties and, and the turnovers, just not good football. You just don't want to see that in uh, really your, your first big game. Um, as the new coach of Tennessee, you don't want to, I mean, just undisciplined football, you know, and that, and that's, we got to make up that skill gap somewhere. Right. And, and, um, I think that's where we lost the game. I mean, it's, I know that's might be the, the, you know, the boring thing to say penalties and turnovers. That's what kind of, uh, you know, everyone, the general consensus, like, you know, they always say limit turnovers, limit the penalties, but, Really, at the end of the day, that's, you know, it was a one-possession game. So, 
he had three turnovers and something like 13 penalties for 150 yards. So that's one drive down the field and then halfway back. And then the three turnovers, I mean, you know, that's that's three opportunities to score right there. So, um, but overall, I mean, I didn't think we played bad in that game or, or even in the Tennessee Tech game. I didn't – I mean, I saw a lot of, you know um, – lackluster tweets out there obviously uh, you're always going to have those but even for the Tennessee Tech game where you won 50 something to nothing you know but um I didn't think we played great in either game there was a lot to left to be desired in both games and um but the one thing I can say is it, it was good to see us uh you know scoring a lot of points um it's not something we do a lot it, um you know, you see a lot of your 31, 34 to threes and whatnot. We saw that a lot under the former staff. So I think that's something we can build on. And I think it's like you were saying, Maddie, you got some some guys on the defense side of the ball that are that are stepping up and playing, uh, you know, 10 times better than they were last year. Theo Jackson, Matthew Butler, Tyler Barron. So it, it's really good to see three guys at almost, you know, kind of three different levels of the defense stepping up and and uh, hopefully they continue improving on on that as we go into SEC play. Yeah, uh, you mentioned, Matty mentioned, you know, Tao Jackson, man on a mission. I mean, he, he looks like, you know, you, you watch these good teams, these quality teams, and you see these people that are all over the field. Um, you see guys that are impacting people that feed off of them, um, you know, in the in the pit game. Teo led the entire defense in almost every statistical category. Um, total tackles, solo tackles, um, uh, sacks tied for the lead, and uh, he was behind Barron with tackles for a loss, but just uh, just by um, uh, a half one there because he had uh, broke through the line and got a half one with somebody else. Um, but, yeah, you know, the – the defense has looked great. The defense has stepped up. Um, we'll be really tested in the coming weeks, and and uh, we'll see if Tim Banks is up for the challenge. I definitely think so far he's, you know, we we were expecting some high scoring games, and I know Tennessee Tech and Bowling Green aren't that big, but you know, you shut out anybody, um, you know, that's that's a definite positive. Um, so. Um, I think there is more positive than negative to take away. I know some of all nation would, would disagree. Um, I don't think anybody saw us going out and killing pit. Um, but, um, we saw a close game and, and like Trey mentioned, you know, penalties and, and not just penalties, but undisciplined plays. And, you know, we, you know, the, the story of the season has been overthrows by everybody. Um, we, we've seen that from everyone. Um, Hooker hit on a couple more, which makes you feel a little bit better, maybe that touch. Um, but we, we've seen all three quarterbacks um, overthrow um, at least a couple of times the receivers who have been wide open. I mean, it's not been something where uh, they may not make the, the catch. I mean, we've seen five, 10, even 15 yards of, of space um, with the tight end over the middle of that pit. I mean, he could have thrown it underhanded. And, you know, he could have stopped. I don't remember if it was Warren or Fant, but he, he could have turned around and stopped and caught the ball. It didn't matter if it was spinning. There was no one around him. I mean, it was a beautiful play call. And I, and I think that's something we have to look at is Heupel's been calling up some beautiful plays. We just haven't been executing. When we do execute on those, we'll start to see – I mean, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, a, a five-yard game could have been a 15-yard game. We're seeing incomplete passes that would have been – touchdowns I mean could have walked in and, and you don't see that a lot um, in, in the college game of, of people just wide absolutely open um, so I think there's definitely more positives but the execution the discipline that we've mentioned has got to be there um, so we head into Florida week um, it's always one that that we we look forward to um, sometimes we we talk ourselves into um a victory when we know we're going to get killed um you know this this week florida is coming off of of a heck of a game um against 
the the best team in the country in in Alabama. Um, Emory Jones didn't have a phenomenal passing game, um, but um, limited the mistakes. Didn't have any touchdowns, but had one pick. Um, only threw for 195 yards. Uh, but that was not the story of the game for, for Florida. Um, you rush for 245 yards in a game, you've done some, something successful. You rush for 245 yards against the number one team in the country, uh, defending multiple def- time defending champions. Uh, that's that that should that should be worrisome uh, for Vol Nation. Um, I mean, three receipt or three running backs over 50 yards. Um, you know, Jones was the only one that got, you know, he carried the ball 19 times. Um, we've always had an issue uh, with Tennessee with with uh, athletic quarterbacks. Um, you know, and, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, they they made some great plays. I mean, they they uh, only had two sacks, but they had seven tackles for loss. And I was looking at the games that Bama has played, even playing Georgia. There were hardly, you know, last year there were hardly any. Um, and as Shane Beamer at South Carolina would say this week, Georgia's full of five stars on the defensive line. And, and I'll mention that later in a, in a, in a tweet when I, when I talk about that, because it was not, not with Twitter, but, but was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, we've, we've, we've got to play a great game and, and I'll, I'll give my prediction here in a second, but, um, I'll let you all kind of break down, um, what you're looking for in this game, what Tennessee maybe has to do to win this game. And um, and then when you're done with that, go ahead and uh, give me your prediction for this week. So what do you all think? All right. Um, one thing I've made a note of that's pretty interesting. Um, so through the three games that Emory Jones has played, he's thrown for two touchdowns, but he's also thrown – for five interceptions through the games that hookers played he's thrown for five touchdowns and one interception granted he does fumble that is also an issue but my point with that is Florida's going to be run first because why, why would you want to have your quarterback out there throwing on any SEC secondary when he's two touchdowns the five picks through three games and as you saw in the game that they played he's he's really shifty he's he's a good runner that worries me a little bit I know that our D-line has looked great Rodney Garner has done a tremendous job but you also think we played a pit team who lost to Western Michigan last week so how good were they really and then we played two just random opponents that would probably have a good game against each other. I mean, you can't really – you can't really say how we're going to do defending the run, but if they ran like that against Bama, it's kind of telling. Um, so, a big key of the game, obviously – Defense has got to be good. We've, we've got to be, be really strong protecting the run game. We've got to make holes and fill those holes. And we just, I don't know, man. I'm pretty nervous. I'm not going to lie. I, I've stuck by my prediction since before the season that we're going to win this game. And I'm now saying, you know, 30 27 hanging on. But I just, I don't know. <laughs> Um, big, biggest thing, defense, like I said, offensive line, like I said earlier, has to step up. And our quarterbacks, we've got to limit turnovers, and we've got to force them into turning the ball over, force Emory Jones to throw, and we're good. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think the Tennessee run D may be uh, a little bit misleading, not saying they can't you know, continue that, you know, that trend they're on um, from where we started them at at the beginning of the season to where they are now. It's definitely a lot better, um, I think, than what a lot of people expected. Uh, but like you said, Florida's run running game, it's, you know, it's one of the top in the country, and they just ran for 285 yards on the number one ranked team in the nation. So 
definitely a taller task for uh, for Banks and, and Tennessee's defense on uh, Saturday. Um, I think Florida is really going to try to, you know, keep the ball as long as they can. Like, running the play clock all the way down, I can just see Mullen now running that baby down to one second and snapping it every every play because the longer they have the ball, I mean, and, and you know, they, they got to be feeling pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of confidence and that they can, you know, move the ball pretty much as much as they want against us when they just did it against Bama. Um, so I, I do think this game is going to be tight early. I don't think that Florida is going to be up for this game like they were for Bama. I mean, there was a really emotional, you know, you got the number one team in the country coming into town. And let's just face it, this this game doesn't mean as much to them as it used to, um, but it means a lot to us. I think I think we definitely got to want it more. Um, I know we will throughout the week. I want to see that play over into Saturday. I want to see us come out fired up, ready to go, and smack the Gators right in the mouth early. And I think we will. I, I think uh, you know through the first quarter and a half or so, it, it's going to be back and forth. Um, I think, um, you know, two of the things we've been talking about, let's just face it, every time we have the ball, we have got to get points. I mean, that's just how we have to look at it. Like, as I'm, I can already see into the future, as I'm watching the game Saturday, every time we have a possession and don't score, I'm going to get a little more nervous because, you know, Florida's liable to put up, hang a 50 on us. They just are. Um, so we got to take care of the ball. And touchdowns, not field goals. Um, and really, I mean, when you look at the spread of the game, it's it's hovering right around 20 or so. Man, I just want to see us make them earn it. Don't give it to them on a platter, you know. Don't a pick six here, uh, you know, a blocked punt, um, two or three back-to-back three and outs, a big play over the top after they've sucked you all in the box after running it all over you, you know, right down your throat. So those are the keys for me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting a win. I don't think you can realistically. Uh, I think you just got to really hope that we come out and play inspired football and give ourselves a chance and don't shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, and I just want to see our offense. I want to see more of Peyton, more of Jones in the offense and, and Hyatt for that matter. Um, you know, still, I want to see a big game out of those guys against, you know, a good Florida team. I, I think that would help a lot of us feel better about our chances moving forward in the season. Uh, and I guess we'll give our score predictions now. Yep, let's let's go ahead and do that. All right. So, I got Florida 47, Tennessee 24. Um, I can see it being a lot closer. I could – shouldn't say a lot closer. I could see it being a, a, a 14 point game. So uh, I, I said 30 27 Tennessee at the start of the season, and I feel obligated to stick with that. So 30 27 Tennessee, I cannot wait to be there, and I really hope it's not painful and my time in Gainesville is not complete misery. Uh, Spoiler alert, Maddie, it will be. Um, <laughs> I hate to say that. Um, I have confidence that we can play well. Um, I don't have any confidence that we will win this game. Um, I, I could see us, you know, playing it tight um, for a bit, as you mentioned um, earlier. I just think um, – I mean, you know, cut and dry, we can we can look at stats, we can look at all this different stuff. Um, Florida's just a better team. I mean, from from top to bottom, the depth is there. Um the 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 togetherness, I think, of, you know, and I'm not saying that we, you know, our team is not together. I think we're definitely more together than we were. We've talked about that on the first episode, the family, the way Alante Taylor has brought people together, the way Theo is bringing that defense together. Um, I have confidence that our coaches will get there. Um, but we have to think, too, this is the first time that many of these people are coaching in the an SEC game. Um, you know, 
Um, you have people like Garner who, who have, have been around for years in the SEC. Um, you know, Willie Martinez has been involved with that. Um, you know, Banks has been at Penn State. He, he's dealt with big games, you know, and, and even Heupel has, you know, at UCF. But this is, this is a road game against a top 10 team in a hostile environment um, with a bunch of, you know, drunk people in jorts everywhere. Um, <laughs> but this is their first SEC experience. And, and Florida is a little more – um, experienced on that end as far as coaching, as far as players, as far as having – I mean, we are on our fourth game getting this offense together. Um, I think Vela, uh, you know, Vela's Jones and, and Peyton, we've got to get them the ball. We saw what happened last week. Peyton on that beautiful, you know, hooker hit him deep. Beautiful. I saw it happen. They caught a touchdown. I was like, that was not a touchdown, but I'll take it. And I looked at the review and I was like, holy moly, because it just happened so fast. Um, and then, you know, Valus Jones just, just getting the ball in his hands. I mean, it's almost like, you know, years ago when we had CP, you know, Cordero Patterson, just get him the ball anyway. You know, send him in motion, send him on a short slant. We saw that one, you know, on like third and 10, just a little slant. He got the ball and missed like, uh, you know, several tackles. Um, just the run game, we're, we're not going to be able to stop their run game. I don't know if our offense can do enough um, to, to combat that. Um, I think that we're going to have some decent drives early, but I think they're going to end in field goals, and that's going to be unfortunate. Um, we've seen that in games. We got Hooker had that beautiful run, or Milton won down to the five, and we ended up kicking like a 40-some-yard field goal. I mean, things like that can't happen. Um, I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go four. I'm going to go 41 23. 41 23, Florida. I think we get some early field goals. Um, and, you know, I want to pick Tennessee, and I hope we can get to the point where we can. It's just, you, you got to prove it to me. Um, you know, we haven't beaten Florida in years, except for, you know, the, the Dobbs Jennings game, as I like to refer to it as. Um, I'll say the same thing I said against Pitt, you know. Prove me wrong. You know, prove me wrong, balls. I want to eat my words more this week than probably any week of the year. Um, but I just – I don't think we we have it yet. But like Trey said, I just hope we compete, man. Make them earn it. Um, you know, don't be decided by halftime. You know, be in this game. Make a couple halftime adjustments. And if Florida plays better, make it be because they have a better team and a more experienced coaching staff. Don't make it because we're getting down to the 10-yard line and have first and goal and we're, we're missing a 50-yard field goal because we've had two stupid penalties. You know, make them run it down our throats and we just can't stop them because they're that good, not, you know – Hi, it's wide open down the sidelines and the ball is 15 yards out of bounds. I mean, it, it, it's it's got to be, you know, it's got to be moments. But I just – I don't I don't see us winning it. Um, so, I'll go 41-23. All right. So, we've got two picks for the Florida. Uh, Trey and I hope that we're wrong. We hope Maddie um, can just laugh at us next week for five minutes straight. Um, <laughs> hope it happens. Hey, I would, I would laugh with her. I would. I would too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, if we if we beat Florida, we'll just let Maddie do next week's show by herself, and yeah, we'll just, yes. uh, I'll call y'all in. I'll just randomly phone call you and get your responses. I'll, 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 I'll make sure I got all picks joining. <laughs> oh man! All right, so um, moving on to our ball of the week um, and our neg of all of the week before we get into our final segment of the pick'em. Um, the ball of the week um, for this week is going to be um, Shane LaBruza. Um, uh, he is um, redshirt senior this year and uh, has has been a ball since uh, 2017 um, when he was a freshman. Um, but off the field, um, as a ball, he's a ball athlete, ball leader. Um, he earned his undergraduate degree from Tennessee in supply chain management. Uh, I think he just got his master's or his work about to get that. I think um, he got the Condridge Holloway athletic endowment um, award, the Nashville twins athletic scholarship endowment. Um, and if, if you watch his Twitter, I mean, he's, he's, he's always talking about the community and getting involved. Um, and this is, this is a kid who, 
um, you know, I, I found an awesome article about um, when he was a senior in high school and he had just announced he was going to Tennessee. And, uh, you know, one of the quotes said, he's the person everyone at this school wants to be like. And it's not because he's the best football player. They see him for who he is and everything he's accomplished. Um, this, is a, this is a guy who um, in his, you know, Livingston Parish community, his, his parents, both of his parents passed away before he was a teenager. Um, that was an easy way for him to give up and, and, um, you know, just stop, you know, trying, but, you know, his, his brother said he stayed focused. Um, he, he had a 4.25 GPA in high school. He, he's transferred that over to college and, and, and kept that. And, uh, he prides himself in his, his Christian faith. Um, he's, he's constantly, um, mentoring, um, younger people, um, and uh, he, he just reached out to young kids in the community around Knoxville, the community where he was from. He's putting stuff on Twitter, you know, about trying to reach out to the kids and, and help them, you know, those kids who have gone through some of the similar, uh, some of the similar things that he went through with losing parents, with having to deal with adversity at a young age. And um, that's all you could want in a ball athlete. And, um, you know, he's, he's made some great moments on the field, but they said he, he's, he's going to be known for those moments off the field. So um, Shannon Bruza is our um, ball scholar of the week. Um, so now we move to uh, complete 180 and we move to our uh, nega ball of the week. Um, I will hold mine to the end. I'll let, I'll be quiet, let you all go. Um, leave the listeners wondering what I'm going to pick. Um, spoiler alert, we're going a third time in a row with somebody, but um, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So Maddie is, is cheering. If you're not watching, listening, she is ready to roll. So Maddie, why don't you uh, take off on this one? Oh yeah. So this is my favorite part of the show because I just like to highlight the worst possible garbage that I've seen on the internet this week. It, just, it makes my day, honestly, knowing that other people get to hear this and I'm not the only one that has to ingest these takes. <laughs> well, since he's blocked us all, Vols Picks is our winner. Again, shocker. <laughs> they block us all. I have I have some friends who listen. I'm not going to name them, but they send me screenshots of what he says sometimes in order for me to use it on here. Um, so this one is probably the worst thing I've ever read in my life. Um, it I, I I don't even have words for this. So. He's going off on a tangent at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> completely unprovoked on a Monday night, and says, Hendon Hooker is giving Tennessee a chance to win. You know, starts out kind of good. Then he goes, unlike Milton. We're like, all right, okay. Then he goes on. I don't think Heupel is a football guru. I think it's a marketing technique. That's why he was hired. They have the media blowing smoke for him. I don't know why. I guess because they, being the current staff in the media, helped push out the former staff. How delusional do you have to be to think that the Knoxville media and the current staff all conveniently gathered together? We're going to drop all this on Jeremy Pruitt and Coach Heupel, you're going to come in months in advance but then then like all you have to do is go and look at the replies it's like oh well this is what my sources told me which he still will not give up so shout out to balls picks and the sources that live inside of your messed up mind i i, I hope we win this so you can hush forever but i will say I am pretty confident in saying that the score will be closer than it was at any time during Jeremy Pruitt's tenure. Yeah, so, Maddie, I saw – I haven't seen a lot from Vols Picks. I'm pretty sure he has me blocked too. But I saw your tweet. Um, I can't even remember. <laughs> he was big mad about – he was so mad about um, – it was like the volunteer football Twitter account had posted – 
something about next Saturday, uh, maybe a time that we play next Saturday. And he was like arguing it and <laughs> like this huge deal, like geographically, it may, you know, if, if you live in this area of the country, it's this next Saturday, but if you live in another part, it's next Saturday after or something. I don't even know. He's just always mad. And it's yeah. just like, man, but I don't know. I haven't had a lot of time. Um, I haven't been really um, on social media that much lately. And, so I haven't really seen a lot uh, to give, you know, a very credible Negaval award. Something I did just find, though. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the, the video of Connor McGregor uh, throwing out the first pitch at the Cubs game. Yep. Um, but I found a tweet from this guy. I like this guy. He's pretty funny. Dr. Vol. He's got some <laughs> yes. good content on here. But he posted a tweet of that video, and uh, the caption above it says quote, unquote, he's got a man wide open downfield, and then Joe Milton with uh, with the parentheses there. And for those of you listening, it's pretty much Conor McGregor, like, throws it 80 miles per hour, but it's, like, 80 feet away from the batter's box. Like, he just totally misses it, and he's kind of making that connection there with Joe Milton. I just thought that was pretty funny. There we go. That's my negaval of the week, DR ball. <laughs> I saw somebody put breaking news. Joe Milton has is announced he's transferring to uh, to Afghanistan so he can overthrow the Taliban. Um, but uh, terrible was was good. Um, so before I get to Negaball, I wanted to mention one of the one of the funniest interviews. As I mentioned earlier, was um, Shane Beamer was was talking uh, after the South Carolina game against Georgia and. Uh, one of the reporters asked him what Georgia did on defense that disrupted them. And his response was, they're full of five stars. And he said, they have like six, six, 300 and some pound guys that can run quicker than anybody on this call. And he's like, and in the linebacker crew, they have more. And, and, and I texted my cousin, I said, you know, is it bad? I like the response, but then as a fan, I would absolutely hate it. I mean, if, if somebody did that here, like Butch Jones did that here, you know, if he was here, I mean, fans would have, you know, it, it's your job to recruit. At, at, just as a listener, I thought it was funny, but, um, you know, as a fan, golly, I mean, I would hate to have my coach, you know, and, and it's true, but, you know, it shouldn't matter about, you know, all these coaches talk about star status. Like, it doesn't matter. It's all about what's in here. You know, we heard that when Butch Jones, five-star hearts, you know, it's, what you put on the field we're champions of life you know on and off the field but I just I was shocked that he kind of said that and he's unless I missed something I don't think he's gone back on that but um anyways my negaball of the week I think I'm just gonna have to find a tweet of his every week um because I literally go through and screenshot the ones I want to pick and it's like there's just some dumb ones out there but they can't be balls picks um this one was a, a long chain. He just decided, I don't even think he was tagged. Um, it was a conversation between two or three people and he just decided, Hey, I'd like to, you know, make a stupid comment and comment on this. Um, but they were talking about um, like the defense and offense and, and, and running it, um, you know, as far as their schemes and philosophy. And um, they were talking about the hiring processes and stuff. Um, and he said, um, first thing he threw out was um, a bunch of just bogus sources, like like Maddie said. And somebody said, um, um, is this true? This can't be true. You're kidding. And he said, it was just a rumor, but I absolutely believe it. For somebody that's got direct knowledge of something, um, I don't know why he's fueling into rumors, but um, this is what he put when he was talking about um, – you know, Hypel's kind of offensive schemes and stuff at UCF. He said, even people within the UCF organization said that Danny White was hands-on with the defense. The athletic director was hands-on with the defense. He elaborates later. He didn't mean he was on the field. He meant in hiring. It's the athletic director. Usually they're going to be uh, – have their hands on who gets hired. Um, but he said – Heupel only cared about the offense. Heupel doesn't want to be bothered with personal stuff. 
He goes on later and says he doesn't want to be bothered with anything that doesn't have to do with offense. And he, this is one of, one of my favorite parts too. Heupel just doesn't like recruiting. Oh my God. I mean. This guy. The Heupel only cares about his offense. And like I read through the thread and, and we could spend an hour talking about it, but he literally talks about how Heupel refused, like he used that word in this, refused to coach. And, and, and for something I, I saw as I screenshot, I went back and he actually deleted stuff. And I was like, is he finding himself delusional that he's having? <laughs> but maybe maybe there's like that one brain cell in there that's like, no, you're you're an idiot. Don't do that. You know, um, maybe his conscience is speaking to him or something. But um, but like he, he literally said on there that um hypo refused to work on anything other than the offense and i'm like as a head coach like you know if you want to talk about that refusing to work on something else i mean jeremy jeremy pruitt i mean like i mean it just blew my mind and he doesn't like recruiting like the dude hasn't even been through a full recruiting cycle at ut he got thrown in I mean, you try to recruit when you're under NCAA investigation. You haven't been relevant in years, and he's still got some decent talent out. He's bringing in a guy like Walter Nolan, who may or may not even come to UT, is giving us the time of day. We weren't even in his top ten, and now we're pretty solid, I think, in his top five and probably his top three, along with A&M and Georgia. Um, but, I mean, like, if the guy doesn't care about recruiting, I mean – What's he been doing? He's been everywhere. After the pit loss, he was somewhere. I mean, and that doesn't mean the guy's going to be a good recruiter, but there's a difference in a good recruiter and doesn't like to recruit. You know, Dooley didn't like to recruit. Dooley didn't talk to people. That's how we know that. Heupel's trying. He's talking to Nolan. They're like, Nolan, come here. Be our savior. Bring guys with you. We've seen it. Walter Nolan has talked about it. I've been in constant contact with the University of Tennessee. I moved to Powell. I'm playing here. I like it there, but not ready to commit. You know, there were recruits that said, I've not gotten an offer from Tennessee. They want to go somewhere different. Or we heard about the whole Garantano over Trevor Lawrence type stuff. I mean, like, it's not that. Balls picks, if, if you decide to listen to this at some point or somebody tags you in this, like, I get you're passionate, but stop assuming everything. You don't know. None of us know. We go on here making predictions and rumors and going off of stuff, but you don't have sources. And if you have sources, then tell us who they are because they're wrong, because all your sources are always wrong. So go to McDonald's, talk to the cashier. Ask them who's going to win the game and call them your sources, but at least let us know who your sources are, okay? Um, stop assuming everything that Heupel doesn't like recruiting. Have you, have, you, have you called him? Hey, Josh, do you like recruiting? I mean, you don't know. And he may stink at recruiting. You don't know whether or not he likes it. So stop saying you do, okay? So um, getting off the negabogs. I have a question. Is it possible? So, I'll ask this first. Do we know who uh, Josh Heupel's agent is? is it, boss picks. I don't know. Well, probably, I was going to say well, – Probably Jimmy Sexton if I had to guess. Okay. I was going to say, if it's not Jimmy Sexton, is it possible that boss picks is Jimmy Sexton trying to get Pruitt <laughs> in another D1, uh, you know, Power 5 coaching job? You know? Yes. It's, yes. Looks it, like his agent is – Athlete speakers. I don't know. Sort of booking agent. I don't know. I've never heard of that one, but that's the theory I'm I'm, I'm going with. It's uh, it's Jimmy Sexton's. We need know. we need to start reaching out to other uh, other fan bases and see if they have a balls picks. Maybe we could connect it. It's one agent trying to get all of his guys like, you know, when they prove them wrong or something. <laughs> all right. So now we're gonna move to our last. Uh, Last segment here before we go, and that is our um, SEC Pick'em. Do we have an updated standings from the last time? I know we didn't do week three, but we've done week one and two. So, you are winning right now. 
Um, Adam has a 23 and 7 record. And then actually, me and Trey are tied now at 19 and 11. All right. All right. Yeah, I've got to switch it up this week. I got to pull ahead of you. Well, I can already tell you one game you're you're not going to catch up on us. (laughs) I hope you do. All right. So we've already got the Florida Tennessee game out of the way. So, um, I was about to say UNLV and Fresno, but that is not an SEC game, and we are not about to pick that game. All right, so we're going to go with games in order of, of what they start. We'll do the SEC first, and we've got three um, non-SEC games to, to pick. Um, so the first one is a 12 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. It is number two, Georgia, 3-0 against 1-2 Vanderbilt. Uh, Georgia is currently, um, and we are filming this on um, Wednesday, the 22nd, uh, is currently a 35 and a half point favorite. Um, and so, uh, Maddie, what, who do you have in this, uh, in this game? Um, just give me Georgia, obviously. Um, 35 and a half is such a big spread to where I don't, it, it's kind of difficult to cover that, especially like with a garbage time touchdown. But also it's Vanderbilt. So I, if you're got, if you're putting anything in a parlay this week, I, I mean, if you if you just want to go money line with it, I'd do that. I I wouldn't bet on the spread on this one though. I just don't know. But Georgia. I mean, yeah, Georgia's gonna dog walk them. Um, but one of the things I look at when we start getting into SEC play, uh, the transfer property doesn't really work too good but one of the things I like to look at is the spreads in the week prior um so Georgia was a a 31 point favorite over South Carolina at home um and they failed to cover so this is essentially saying Georgia's you know a 35 point favorite over Vanderbilt so the way I like to look at it is you know is South Carolina four points better than Vanderbilt and I would say yes. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure why it's not higher than this this 34-and-a-half point favorite. Um, but I think I'm going to take Georgia. Uh, I don't think they're – I don't think they're really pleased with uh, their performance against South Carolina. They look just kind of dink and dunk, and, and I think they're trying to, you know, build on where they started. I, I – I, a lot of people might have the impression that it's just Vanderbilt, so Georgia's not going to really get up for the game. But I think they're, you know, they're going to have to continue to make a statement because, listen, like you got four to five other teams right now that could easily, you know, jump them. I mean, just if if they have a letdown game, I mean, you know, because you're looking at if Georgia wins the East and makes the playoffs, they're going to have to have those. 35-plus point victories over over your Vanderbilts and, and Missouris and South Carolinas to have that resume to justify their one loss and making the playoffs. So I'll take Georgia here just because Vanderbilt is absolute dog water. Um, yeah, so there you go, Georgia. All right, I've, I've, I've got Georgia. I don't think they cover, but I think they dominate. I think, um, I think it's going to be like – you know, halfway through the third quarter, it's going to be like 42-10 or something. And I think you're just going to see like a, you know, the bench. They're not going to want to get anybody hurt, um, which also means they're not going to really air it out and do what they can do. They're just going to run it up the gut three times. Vandy might get a three and out or, a, you know, five or six play drive and, and get the ball back. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if they cover, if, if George just gets out crazy. But, yeah, it, it's not going to be close. I, I would go something like 42 Forty-two ten or or forty-five ten, which would, would still not cover. So I'll go with Georgia. All right, another twelve o'clock game. We've got LSU um, at Mississippi State. LSU, uh, both teams are are two and one. LSU currently is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, so uh, this game is at Mississippi State. So that may shift a little bit of of thinking. It's not in Death Valley down there. So what do we got? LSU, Mississippi State. That one's kind of tough because both don't really look that great to me personally. Um, 
I really, I really don't know about this one. It's coin flip. Um, I'll take LSU because I normally play Mississippi State pretty good, and I don't know. I'm still not sold on the air raid. Yeah, I'm not either, Maddie. And um, I think I think LSU is going to want some revenge from from last year. Uh, no one really saw that that coming. Um, Mississippi State took them down last year, so I think LSU is going to be wanting some revenge there. Uh, I'll take LSU. I don't feel great about it because, like you said, neither team's very good. Uh, LSU, neither team can run the ball. So, I mean, if, I mean, it might just be, you know, we might see two of the top quarterbacks in, you know, passing performances in this game uh, for this week. So, because neither team can run the ball, but neither team has much of a secondary either. So, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a shootout. I'll take LSU in a close one. Yeah, this, this game is, is one if you, if you want a nice nap. Um, I just, I, just doesn't seem like a game I really would want to watch. But um, I'm going to go with LSU um, with you all. I think um, LSU is a little bit more talented. I think um, if it was at LSU, I'd be picking him, you know, two touchdowns. But uh, I don't think the cowbells are enough for Mississippi State to, to pull it out. Um, I think LSU wins um, – it wouldn't surprise me if LSU blows them out, and that's nothing – for LSU, um, I don't see Mississippi State doing that. Um, so I'll go LSU probably by, I'd say, 10 or 11. I'll, I'll go LSU by 10. All right. Um, next up, another 12 o'clock game. Um, ball fans better get used to that because after this week, we got a lot of 12 o'clock games, probably will for the rest of the year. Um, but we've got 2-1 Missouri headed to uh, 3-0 Boston College. Uh, right now, Missouri is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, um, which may surprise some people because Missouri has not looked great. Boston College is 3-0, and uh, but Boston College has played nobody. They've played Temple, UMass, and Colgate. Um, so this is the first kind of big test. Um, so, well, I'll, I'll let you all – which. I'll go ahead and say it because I was talking there. I've, I've got Missouri winning this one. Um, I think uh, Boston College hasn't been tested yet. Missouri is not really much of a test, but um, I think I think Missouri takes this one on the road and wins in a in a tight one by uh, by a field goal late or something like that. So I'll go with Missouri. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Missouri here. Um, like you said. Boston College hadn't really played anybody. And, I mean, Missouri played Kentucky, and while it is Kentucky, they're still not just awful this year. They're pretty pretty good. They're pretty solid overall. So, uh, I'll, t I'll take Missouri just simply because they have actually played real competition. Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking Missouri. Um, I've already bet them, actually. Uh, as soon as that line opened up, and Boston College's quarterback got hurt, Jerkovich, and I mean, like you guys have been saying, I mean, they Boston College hasn't played anybody, and really, Boston College hasn't been anybody, you know, since Matt Ryan was around, and he's been in the NFL for 20 years. So, um, I think Missouri wins by two scores, 13 or 14. All right. Uh, the next matchup is your 3.30 CBS game, probably most intriguing game of the week. You've got uh, seventh-ranked Texas A&M, a team that had a lot of hype coming into this year, facing against a, a team that's been big time on the rise, number 16, Arkansas, um, and Sam Pittman coming at 3-0. and uh, As of now, Texas A&M is five-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, what do we think? Tough. Um, I'm gonna go. A and M gets the win, but I I would take the points and bet on the Arkansas spread. Um, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a field goal or less. It's gonna be a very 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 close game. Um, but I think A and M's been in those situations more 
and Arkansas. I mean, I'm sure they're still kind of shell-shocked because they just shellacked Texas. I mean, it wasn't even close. So, uh, yeah, give me A&M. Uh, yeah, I'm taking A&M to win and to cover. Uh, Arkansas has had a couple key injuries um, from last week. Uh, Traylon Burks is in a walking boot, not expected to play. Uh, then they have two, two. Well, they have a guard and a tackle who's not supposed to play this week either. And I, I just think that's while A and M, you know, they they've had some ups and downs already, some lumps against some not very good teams this year. Uh, I just think Arkansas really like they're in a similar position to us, right? Sam Pittman, he's doing a good job in rebuilding that program, but they haven't gotten to that point where they can sustain the injuries against a top 10 team. And, and Jimbo Fisher, you know, he's a good coach. He's someone that can, that, that will know how to uh, capitalize on, on some of those and, and find holes, uh, you know, kind of an in game, uh, in game, you know, being able to scout, scout Arkansas in game and see and be able to exploit some of those backups that Arkansas may have to play. So I like Texas A&M against the spread. Right, you know, they Arkansas has got Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn coming up, and then you know they they got to play Bama. You know, there's been a lot of hype around them. Is it real? Is it Texas just being bad? I mean, you're supposed to be Rice. You're supposed to be Georgia Southern. Um, you're playing Texas at home. They stormed the field. It was an, an awesome thing to see. Um, I'm I'm buying into the Arkansas hype. I think that I think that they are um, better than what people thought. Um, but here's the thing with that hype. I saw them as a three, maybe four win team. Now I see them as a six or seven. That's my hype. I'm not going all in on them. Um, I don't think they win this game. Um, I've got Texas A&M winning. Um, I think Texas A&M wins by, uh, double digits. Um, I don't think Texas A&M is great. Like you said, Jimbo Fisher, um, I don't think they're a top 10 team, um, but really in looking at things, how many top 10 teams have you seen this year? I mean, real teams outside of, um, you know, teams like Bama, I mean, Florida's 11th, but I think Florida is, is definitely a top 10 team. I would take Florida over probably 95% of the teams um, there. I mean, Maddie's making a face here, but I mean, they just took the number one best team in the country down to the wire. So, I mean, you, you put them up against, you put them up against somebody else. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the thing. I, I look at it. I'm like Emory Jones. No, he's not that great, but the run game, the defense, I mean, he is terrible, but, but I mean, it, it, it's not a fluke to go in and rush for 250 yards against the team. I, I you know, I, I like, and I'll say this right here. I, I like Florida better than Georgia right now. And, that's, oh, God. That's where oh, I am God. right now because no, – I, I agree. Oh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not scared. I'm not as scared of Georgia's offense as I am of Florida's. Like, we, so we can sit here and talk about Emory Jones all day. I'm not sold on JT Daniels. But looking at that – and I know Florida's defense. I know Georgia's defense is better. I, I, think, I think Florida's got more weapons on the offensive side. I think Florida's better coached. I like Dan Mullen more than Kirby Smart. I think they're both dummies. I think Kirby Smart's not that great of a coach, and I think Dan Mullen's wife needs to stop kissing players. But, I mean, it, I don't think you – I don't – you know, I, that's just where I am. I mean, I look at it and you'd say, oh, Florida's, Florida's a top team, really? But then you, you start putting them against people. I take them over Ohio State if they play each other. Ohio State hasn't done anything to impress me. Um, these other teams have it. And, and I mean – there just hasn't been any teams outside of Bama that's really impressed me, and, and Florida took them down to the wire. Um, and, I mean, Florida was even without probably their best weapon. You know, yep. Richardson didn't play a snap. So, I mean, he's a lot better, a lot more dangerous than Emory Jones, Maddie. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think Florida's a SEC content – like, okay, they're an SEC contender, but they're not a national title contender. In my, right. Like, they're a top-five team. Um, but I don't think they have enough to withstand, you know, going through a whole playoff against two back-to-back -back pretty elite teams without Richardson. But with Richardson, I think they can win it all. So, yeah, I mean, sorry, Adam. No, you're good. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the top ten here. I mean, 
you, you take them over Clemson, you take them over Ohio State, you take them over Cincinnati, you take them over AM, you take them over Penn State, you take them over Iowa. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't done anything. Is Oregon for real? We don't know. And then you got Georgia. So I would literally right now put Alabama at one. I would put probably Florida at two and Georgia at three <laughs> as far as being the best teams. And, and I'm not in charge of rankings. You can't put it that way. You lose, you have to drop. But as far as right now, I mean, if Florida played Iowa right now, Florida would win. If Florida played Oklahoma, Florida would win. If Florida played Penn State, and, and we could say no, but, I mean, they, they just took the undisputed number one team down. I mean, Alabama's got 59 of the, of the 62 votes. I mean, so, you know, that's where I am. The SEC, I don't think, is phenomenal. But nobody out there is like, oh, my goodness, there's that team that's – Clemson's – like not there right now you know i mean every year you're like bama clemson ohio state who's that fourth team is it going to be georgia is it going to be florida is it going to be AM? we saw lsu with burrow this year it's it, there's nobody there that's 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 where i throw florida in that and, and florida will florida i do think florida will florida and lose to somebody they shouldn't because they always do i'm just saying right now week four you, you take the best team in the country down to the wire, how could you not be up there? Uh, but anyways, we got off tangent like we like to do, but that's my fault. But I'll, I'll go with Texas A&M in that one by, by two touchdowns. All right, so the next one that we have in the SEC is uh, Auburn uh, hosting a school I've never heard of ever, Georgia State. I've never heard of Georgia State. Oh, um, never heard of them. Um, Auburn is 27 point favorites. I mean, if you're favored by that much against a team like Georgia state, you probably should win that game. Um, I don't see how you couldn't be in an sec. Um, this is a four o'clock game. Uh, I'm not going to waste time. I got Auburn and they'll cover. Yeah, I got Auburn. I, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Georgia state's not, not good. They, I mean, they're just not good. And I think Auburn, you know, coming off a heartbreaking loss in Death Valley or Happy Valley, Death Valley, uh, Happy Valley, uh, I think they're they're looking for their get-right game. And I think they get it. They'll cover the 26 and a half. I mean, Auburn, you know, they, they, took, they took Penn State down the wire. And, I mean, that's, that's top six team right now. Um, all right, next one we've got uh, – Seven o'clock game, Kentucky and South Carolina. Um, it's at South Carolina. Kentucky is five point favorites. What, what we, where are we going there? Uh, give me UK to cover. I feel like Kentucky's going to win by two touchdowns plus. I have to apologize. I think I was a little overhyped on the Wildcat train. So I think, uh, I think that. I still think they're good. I think they win this game um, and cover the spread. But I don't think Kentucky's the threat that I thought they were uh, to begin the year. Yeah. Um, I've got Kentucky by uh, 21, I think. I think they're not that great. I just uh, – South Carolina's not good. Um, so, I've got Kentucky by three touchdowns, actually. I think they'll – pull ahead and maybe give us a reason to believe, but just like Florida, Kentucky is going to Kentucky. All right. In the last SEC game, uh, we've got barn burner at seven 30 Southern Miss headed to Alabama. Alabama is 45 point favorites. Um, I, I, I've got Alabama and they're going to cover They're ticked about last week. Saban's going to run them to death this week. That game was too close for his comfort. Uh, I think the win like 63 to nothing or something. It, it'll be, it'll be nonsense. Yeah, I agree. Bama cover. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty murderous. Uh, Southern Miss is averaging under 10 points against Troy and, and South Alabama. So, yeah, Bama, Bama may win by 80. Like, <laughs> Saban ain't pulling the first, you know, their A team out of the game. All right. So, moving to our top 20 or our I say top 25 games. There's not many. There's actually only one top 25 game outside of the SEC with, that features two teams, and uh, that is 
Uh, Notre Dame headed to Wisconsin at 12 o'clock. Uh, Wisconsin is six and a half point favorites right now against Notre Dame, where we lean in that way and probably the best matchup between ranked teams this week. Oh, give me Wisconsin and they're going to cover Notre Dame. Thank God they look terrible this year. And there is zero reason why I should see them in any type of playoff conversation whatsoever. So hopefully Wisconsin wins this game and shuts that down for this year forever. Um, so yeah, Wisconsin by 10 plus. Yeah, I, I think Wisconsin wins the game. Uh, I think Notre Dame a little bit overrated. I mean, they're always overrated, but um, a lot of people taking the angle. It's Jack Cohn's revenge game. Uh, he, he transferred over from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to spin zone that take and say that Wisconsin, you know, is very familiar with Jack Cohn and, and will be able to uh, to exploit him a little bit. Notre Dame, I mean, they, their O-line is garbage. Wisconsin's front seven is very good. Um, spread's a little high. I'll probably just play the under. I mean, it's it's going to be a, a, you know, slug fest. So I'll take the under, but I think Wisconsin wins. You know, Notre Dame beat Florida State in overtime, and then Florida State turned around and lost by three to Jacksonville State and got blown out by um, Florida State. And as you were talking earlier, you know, taking one game and, and kind of, you know, dictating it there uh, with, you know, transitive property and stuff. But, um, yeah, I I think Wisconsin wins this. I think Wisconsin wins by two touchdowns. Um, I'm not sold on Notre Dame. Um, they may be a borderline top 25 team only because there's just not a lot of talent out there right now showing the rank 12. I don't think they're the 12th best. Um, I take a lot of SEC teams, even though they're down before them. Um, but Notre Dame is, is always a decent team. They're there. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin is, is, is just, uh, too solid of a team. I love watching them. A lot of people think it's boring. They, they just do the things that they need to do. Um, and, and control a lot of games. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin. All right, so we got uh, two games left here. The next one we have is number 14, Iowa State, headed to Baylor. Uh, Iowa State two and one, Baylor's undefeated right now. Iowa State is a seven point favorite. Um, this is a 3.30 kickoff at Baylor. So what way are we leading? Leaning Iowa State and Baylor. Uh, Iowa State, uh... I don't really know much about Baylor this year, but from what I'm seeing of Iowa State, pretty pretty solid team all around. Um, so just based on that alone, pick them. Yeah, I'll take Baylor. I'll just I'll take Baylor. I think this is your best best chance at an upset this week of a you know a ranked opponent. Um, on the road at an unranked, unranked opponent. So I'll just go ahead and, uh, oh, sorry, Maddie. Sorry to burst your bubble. It, it ain't us. We're not, we're not the best bet to win on the road at a ranked opponent. It's, okay. it's Baylor. or it's, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Baylor. Um, but yeah, Iowa State's a, a good team. Um, I, I'm not, they, they have playoff, you know, hopes. I just don't see it happening. Even with Oklahoma down this year, I just – it's hard for me to see Iowa State really reaching that. I, I mean, they have some talent, not great talent. They're they're weak at, you know, some position groups than they are others. And I'm just still not sold on their head coach at all. Um, Baylor's playing pretty good. And I'll just take Baylor for the heck of it. Uh, this is this is a tricky one. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, man, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Baylor on this one. Um, I just think their offense is a little bit. Um, you know, I wonder if Iowa State can handle their offense. Um, you know, Iowa State has. And looking here, his average 27 points a game, but Baylor's averaging 47. Um, and, you know, I know obviously Iowa State played Iowa. That's a, a low-scoring game. Um, I think Campbell will have a ready, but 
I just I, I think Baylor may may be able to take this one and I'm leaning more in, in a close game like this with the home environment um, and uh, 330 kickoff there. Um, I think they might get a late field goal. Um, so I'm going to take Baylor by field goal. All right. Our last game of the week. Um, let's see. We chose UCLA, Stanford. Both are two and one. UCLA is ranked 24th. Um, obviously beat LSU to begin the season. UCLA is a four and a half point favorite. Uh, headed to Stanford, um, and this is a six o'clock kickoff. So where are we headed there? Uh, I like UCLA to cover. Uh, I absolutely love their quarterback DTR. If you are listening to this, if, which you're not, but if you ever were, I love you. You were fantastic to watch. Um, so yeah, UCLA, and I, I like them by quite a bit. Yeah, UCLA coming off of. Uh, Pretty embarrassing, embarrassing loss last week. Uh, looking to bounce back against a banged up Stanford team. They got a couple uh, starters out along their O line, and uh, and I mean, the fans even really show up at Stanford games anymore. I mean, we saw UCLA's week one, but I don't think Stanford's going to be a very you know raunchy crowd. So I'll take UCLA uh, in the bounce back game. I think they win by. Uh, again, two possessions, somewhere 13 to 14 points. Yep. I was going to say the same thing, UCLA by 13. Uh, I just uh, – Chip Kelly will, will – uh, he's not going to lose to Stanford. Stanford's not an intimidating opponent for them right now. All right. So, we've, we've got a couple differences in there. Um, so, we'll see what happens. Um, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, as always, we'll be on Apple, Spotify – um, SoundCloud, Anchor, uh, YouTube, if you want to see our faces and uh, see us laugh and um, Trey and I gator chomping for a second there. Um, but uh, we thank you guys for joining in. Um, and we will, uh, unless anything goes crazy, we will see you guys next week, hopefully laughing uh, along with Maddie after a ball victory down in Gainesville. So uh, peace out. Go Vols. Go Vols. Go Vols.